The Tennis Can Win Podcast and the Sports Can Podcast are now presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get an extra $100 at sportscampodcast.com slash winbet the sportscampodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience for all of your March Madness coverage. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. It is currently early Tuesday morning, February 28th, and it is time to go through a couple of ATP events. But I do want to make an announcement. There are three tournaments going on. However, the schedule for the three tournaments and how they're spaced out during the course of the day makes it basically impossible to do an outright show with all three tournaments being covered. So we're going to end up doing two separate future episodes. We'll do one right now for Dubai and for Chile. However, we are going to do one tomorrow at some point in the morning or the early afternoon to go through Acapulco because those matches start late and we can't have odds on it now because as of right now, Tommy Paul is still playing. So can't exactly do any future odds when the matches aren't even done and by the time that you might get odds for Acapulco, then the Dubai tournament might start, and I don't want to really deal with that. So instead, we're going to break up the Futures episode into two parts, and part two will be at some point Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon before the Acapulco matches started. But I wanted to get that announcement out of the way, so if you want me to talk about that tournament, we will, just not in this episode. But we do have two, we have two tournaments to go through, like I just mentioned. We have the tournament in Dubai, which is starting at around 5 a.m. Eastern time. And you also have the tournament going on in Santiago, Chile. And that those matches are taking place also in the, I'd say, uh, late morning, early afternoon. So we do have some time to go through those two tournaments. So we'll go through them now. But starting off with the recap from last episode, overall, we had a pretty good episode. Ended up splitting the lock and dog picks. We ended up winning with Alcaraz team total over 12 and a half games, a minus 130. And that ended up going well over because it went to three sets. And we lost the dog with the Herkaz and uh, Bonzi over three and a half combined double faults at plus 115. We really didn't like a dog when we went through the show. So I was kind of trying to scramble to find something. And we thought that Herkaz would maybe help us out with one double fault. And we were hoping that Bonzi would give us at least three. Unfortunately, Bonzi only had two, and the match ended up landing three. Bonzi had, I believe it was three set points in the second set to force a decider, and if that happened, we had a bunch of extra service games to work with. However, that did not work out, so picked up a loss there, but still ended up splitting, so it could have been worse. And for the overall match breakdowns, we thought Herkaz would win. We thought that Bonzi would keep it close, and he did, unfortunately, Basically the same thing that happened in the Bublik match against Herkaz, where we thought the dog would potentially win a set. Instead, he lost a very competitive tiebreak, and that was the end of it. But Herkaz ended up winning, and we saw Alcaraz lose in a bit of a surprise there to Nori. He was absolutely cruising in that match as Alcaraz led 7-5, so he won the first set. 3-0 with Love 30 on Nori's serve, 
And then Alcaraz got injured. And we know that he was kind of battling something for the last couple of matches, which is why the trainers were constantly there. Having said that, the trainers were dealing with his leg and he still beat Jari 6-0 in the third set. So you were kind of wondering if he was playing it up or if he was actually hurt. But it completely changed the match. Uh, just looking at how the second set unfolded, Nori went from potentially getting goose-egged or getting uh, bageled into winning the set. And then you saw Alcaraz try to hang in there, mostly with big hitting, but he couldn't really move as well. And Nori eventually won a thrilling third set with a bunch of breaks, 7-5, to win the match. So congrats to Nori for winning the tournament uh, for Alcaraz. Can't really fault him there. He got hurt. He was basically cruising until the injury really just limited his movement. He even tried an underhand serve at one point. Alcaraz was really desperate to try to win points, yet he still almost beat Nori. So I still agree with the handicap. We thought Nori would keep it close, and I did mention in the immediate rematch angle that I expected Nori to potentially win a set, which he did. I didn't think he'd win the match, but injuries, of course, you know, played a factor in it, so it is what it is. But congrats to Nori once again. And Alcaraz, I am a bit shocked, is actually playing in Acapulco. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next episode, which will be once again Tuesday morning uh, around probably... It's going to be after the NBA show, so probably around noon, maybe a little bit later than that. But still, Alcaraz decided to play in this event. I'm not sure why. I, I understand that, you know, he wants to, I guess, uh, he's a well-known player. Maybe he wants to show out for the fans, or maybe he just wants to go to Acapulco because he heard it's very nice this time of year. But I don't know how he's supposed to realistically compete. He's against Mackenzie McDonald in the first round. Not easy. Alcaraz money line is around minus 225. So that tells you how compromised he might be because if they were at full strength, no offense to McDonald's, you know, I like McDonald's as a player, but Alcaraz would easily be minus 1,000, minus 900 in that type of match. So Alcaraz will be playing in Acapulco or, or he will try to, let's put it that way. But the point is he definitely was around 30% health in that final set, maybe 50 if you want to be generous. And we'll see how long that lingers moving forward. But I'm not going to back Alcaraz until I see the leg heal, which is going to segue us into Dubai because Djokovic is back after he was dealing with his injury. Whether you think he was faking or not, point is Djokovic is back. I think he was not faking, but some people do with some conspiracy theories, and I'm aware those exist. So that's going to segue us into Dubai. But I actually do want to mention something before we get into that. I forgot to recap the outrights that we had for the last episode entering the final, and I'll do it now because we had a very, very good week on the outrights. So starting off with the tournament in Doha, we had the heartbreaking loss there with Leshika at 15-1 to 1 to make it to the final, but luckily for us, we did have Medvedev to win the event at around plus 165, and that ended up cashing. Then for the tournament in... France, we ended up having Herkaz uh, at plus 550 to win the tournament, and he ended up winning. Unfortunately, we did have Alcaraz at minus 140, minus 150, and that fell short because of injury. So we were really, really close to getting the sweep and winning all three outrights, but we, we'll, hit, we'll take two out of three. Definitely a profitable outright show from last week because we hit two separate plus money prices, including a plus 550, which is definitely nice. So hopefully we'll be able to pick out two outright winners here. And now we're officially going to segue into Dubai. Segway sounded a lot better when I mentioned the joke of his leg injury, but still, uh, we're just going to roll with it. So starting off with the 
favorites here. Of course, you have Djokovic, who's a minus favorite. He's minus 140. According to some interviews uh, leading up to this event, Djokovic is close to 100% with the leg. He said he's not fully there yet, but he feels pretty good. He has no pain, and we saw him win the Australian Open with pain. So let's assume for the sake of arguing Djokovic is at 85% health to start this tournament, and we'll see how he progresses going from there. Question is, is Djokovic at 85% good enough to win this event? And the answer is probably, because historically speaking, Djokovic has owned this event. Djokovic has won this tournament five times, and he lost in the final to Federer in 2015. So Djokovic has made the final six times, and he's won the tournament five times. Last win, though, coming in 2020. So it has been a bit of a while. Then again, you had the whole COVID situation, and Djokovic might not have been able to actually travel there, and he had his own legal stuff to deal with. So Djokovic has, historically speaking, been phenomenal here, and that's going to make life extremely difficult for his opposition to beat him in one of his most comfortable tournaments. But to go through the odds here, Medvedev is the second favorite at plus 400, as he is coming off of back-to-back wins. Felix is at 9-1, to Rublev's at 9-1, to Zverev's at 12-1. to Zverev had a bit of a war there with Leshika yesterday, but Zverev ended up winning in three. Kakanov is 14-1, to Herkaz is 20-1, to Greek Sport 20-1, Sorry, Greek Sports 40 to 1. He had a very nice three set win there against Listien. Uh, you had Kokonakis, who had a nice straight set win against Hallis yesterday at 40 to 1. Zanshop 40 to 1. Fakina, who won in straight sets against Jaziri. I was shocked Jaziri hadn't retired yet, but still, uh, he ended up winning in straight sets. Uh, George is 50 to 1. Rusevori is 50 to 1. Sonigo's 50 to 1. Cressy's 50 to 1. Bublik is 66 to 1. And at that point, you're grasping at straws. But to look at the actual draw, actually, I'll mention the outright winners in previous years. So you have Rublev, who won it last year as he beat Vesely. Vesely did beat Djokovic in this event last year. Uh, you had Karatsev, who ended up beating Lloyd Harris, of all people, in 2021 in the final. You had Djokovic, who beat Tsitsipas. Federer, who beat Tsitsipas. Batista Gut, who beat Luka Pui. I uh, haven't heard that name in a while. You had Murray, who ended up beating Verdasco, but Murray ended up dropping because of fatigue with Doha. Uh, you had Warenka beating Baghdadis, and you go back and you have a lot of retired players mixed in with Djokovic. So if you want to go by recent winner, you could take Rublev. However, Rublev, I thought, looked a little bit spotty in his match against Krajinovic in the first round. He got off to a very slow start, fell behind 5-2 in the first set, and then took over and ended up winning the first set 7-5 and then coasted to a nice straight set win. But we've seen Rublev be extremely volatile, especially this year. So I think I'm going to stay away from Rublev. Medvedev, I will stay away from. I like Medvedev a lot, but in my same breakdown with the Sinner um, tournament last week, I said that I was going to fade Sinner because he had played back-to-back tournaments and I was concerned about fatigue. And Sinner ended up not playing in the event at all. And as a result, the bracket kind of opened up for Herkaz, which is why we took him in the first place. But I do think Medvedev's going to play in this event. The problem is, do I think fatigue is going to play a factor here? I do. I think that fatigue's going to be an issue. And I think as a result, Medvedev might be on upset alert early on, or at least losing in maybe the quarters of the semis. But I'm not going to trust Medvedev here after playing in several tournaments back-to-back weeks. And I think as a result, fatigue might be his undoing, especially at four to one. So I will pass on Medvedev. But to look at the actual draws 
I'll start off with the quarters, actually, just to make it easier. So starting off with Djokovic, Djokovic is minus 400 to win the quarter. Herkaz is 4-1. to one. Greek Spores 9-1. to one. And then you have a bunch of long shots who have no chance in hell to win the quarter. Do I think anyone can beat Djokovic? No. All right, good talk. I got nothing really more to add. If you want to go through the draw, he's facing off against Makic in the first round, then Greek Spore, and then probably Herkaz. So I guess if you want to take a long shot, you go Herkaz. But in reality, Djokovic is going to beat everybody here. So, yeah, I don't have anything more to add here. Uh, I think he should cruise into a match against Herkaz. And Herkaz might also deal with some fatigue because he had the uh, championship run last week. So I think that Djokovic should be able to cruise into the semis in this event. Now, going through the other quarters here, you have Medvedev at minus 175. You have Kokonakis at 4-1. to one, You have uh, Chorich at 5-1. to one, Bublik at 750. Evans at 11-1. to one, And two serious long shots are Naldi at a casual 100-1 to one, and Lazov, who's also at 100-1. to one. So I said Medvedev, I'm not going to take... I think if you want to take some shots here, you can. I'm kind of tempted by Kokonakis. I, Kokonakis, I actually was looking into before his match against Talos uh, yesterday, but I, didn't, I did not end up making the video. I didn't end up betting it, but I do think Kokonakis at 4-1 to one is worth a look. If you want to look at his overall draw, it's really not that bad. He has a matchup against either Evans or Chorch. Chorch has battled a bunch of injuries for the last couple of years, and with the exception of that miracle run that he had to win a title uh, last year, he really has been a bit underwhelming. He lost pretty early on in the U.S. Open. I remember he lost that match to Brooksby after having that miraculous five-setter uh, comeback there. So, George has not exactly looked great, and Evans has been a bit mediocre to underwhelming in 2023 so far. I think Hokanagas has a pretty decent path. The issue that I have here is that Medvedev should be able to cruise through Arnaldi, and I think he's going to win that one, potentially dropping like four games or less. Arnaldi's really not good on hard court. Bublik, I think, is interesting. I, I think that you could end up sprinkling if you think Bublik can beat Medvedev. The issue is the self-inflicted wounds from Bublik with the double faults, but if he can channel any of the form that he showed against Herkaz, and even in that event... I think Bublik's quite live to actually make a decent run here. So I think if I had to pick two outrights, I would sprinkle on Kokonakis and I would sprinkle on Bublik. Bublik at 750, I think, is a great price. And I do think that with his matchup in the first round against uh, Lazarov, I think he should be able to beat Lazarov pretty comfortably. And I do think that Bublik could end up giving Medvedev a serious run for his money. So for me, I'm going to go with Kokonakis and Bublik as my two choices here to win the quarter. I don't mind maybe putting a unit on each if you want to get really bold with it, but I do think Bublik could give Medvedev some problems. And I actually want to look up that head-to-head -head out of curiosity uh, just to see if Bublik has given him problems in the past. But it's mostly just fading Medvedev with the fatigue angle, and I do think that price for what we saw in Bublik last week 750 is a hell of a price because Bublik looked like a, a legitimate top 20 guy from what we saw against Herkaz, and I think that he could give Medvedev a run for his money. Now, they did play four times in their careers. They played in St. Petersburg in 2016. So 2016, toss it out, but Medvedev won in straight sets. Played in Roland Garros. Both players hate the clay, but Medvedev won in straight sets. But once again, different surface. I don't really care. Played in the Olympics in Tokyo. Medvedev won 6-4, 7-6. Six, six. 
10-8 tiebreak, though, so it was competitive. And they played last year in Canada on hard court. Medvedev did win. However, it was in three sets. So Bublik, in the last two meetings, has been able to make Medvedev work for it. And with the fatigue, I do think that it's a pretty good spot for Bublik. So give me Kokonakis and Bublik to win the second quarter at plus 400 for Kokonakis and plus 750 for Bublik. Now, moving on to the third quarter, Zverev is favored. Now, I understand he looked good in the first round. He still won three sets against Leshika, and Leshika is probably a top 20 guy. But I need to see more on a consistent deep tournament run basis from Zverev because we saw him look pretty good early on in his last tournament in Rotterdam, and then Greek Sport beat him immediately. I think he beat Quan in the first round in straight sets, and then we saw Greek Sport wear him down. And I am concerned about Zverev being able to last a, enough rounds to actually get through this. Now, going through the actual pathway, it's actually a pretty deep quarter. The longest shot here is O'Connell at 11 to 1. O'Connell, we just saw take a set off Medvedev in Doha. So I really think this, this quarter is up for grabs. I think that anybody could win this. I'm not going to pick Sonigo because I think Sonigo is a little bit too wild at times. And I think he is just a little bit too volatile, especially at 4 to 1. So I'm not going to pick him. Felix would be my pick as a favorite at, at 2 to 1. Luckily for him, Medvedev is not in this quarter. So he actually has a shot to win this thing. It's a joke as Medvedev owns him 6 nothing in the head-to-head. But I do think if you want to go for a look at the draw here, I think that it's actually a decent pathway for O'Connell. If you think O'Connell can get past Rusevori and if he can get and if he can get past uh, Zverev, the path isn't great, but 11 to 1, I don't mind. Felix, I think, will beat Cressy. He's a good enough server and he's lengthy, so he can end up being able to return. Cressy's serve and volley tactics. I think I'm just picking Felix here. He's a matchup against Cressy, then Sonigo. I think Felix probably rolls in the match against Sonigo. I think he should be Cressy too. So give me Felix here uh, to win the quarter at plus 200. And if I had to pick a long shot, you know what? Let's spin it and have some fun. Let's go with O'Connell at 11 to 1. But realistically, that's more just a fun flyer bet. Give me Felix at 2 to 1 as my quarter choice. And moving on to the fourth quarter, Rublev is the favorite at minus 205. Sorry, minus 105. Sorry. You have Kakanov at plus 225. Davidovich Fakina is 5 to 1. Uh, no, sorry, 6 to 1. Uh, so I'll just redo the odds there because I messed that up. Rublev's minus 105. Kakanov is plus 225. Uh, Fakina is 6 to 1. Zan Schulp is eight is a six fifty. Yimmer is eight to one, and a long shot at a hundred to one is Pizarro. No chance in hell, but good luck to him. So Rublev is the defending champion. He really looked good after the first seven games of the first set against. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank on who he played against Krajinovic, and I do think that Rublev, based on how he's done this season is really overvalued. Now, I get, as I just said, he has been good in Dubai in the past, but I can't trust him. We've seen Rublev blow up before. We've seen his unforced error count rise, and I think that mentally, he's still relatively weak. He kind of gets into his own head, and that's going to be a problem. So for me, I think I'm going to stay away from Rublev. If I had to pick anybody else, I think it would probably be Kakanov at plus 225. Because Kakanov has looked good. He made a pretty deep run in the in the U.S. Open last year. 
made the semis, if I if I'm not mistaken, and he made the semis again in the Australian Open. So Kakanov has been doing well in tournaments, especially on hard court, and I think that bodes well for him in this event. Now to look at the actual draw, Kakanov does have a matchup against Zanschulp, and then he has a matchup against probably Yemmer. So if you want to go for some value, maybe Yemmer, because you'll let Kakanov and Zanschulp kill each other, and you have a matchup against a lucky loser in the first round. But Yemmer, I don't think he has the firepower to beat Rublev. Now the argument is he keeps the ball in play. He's extremely fast. So maybe he could find a way at 8-1. to one. I'm not going to pick it. I think Fakina can actually give Rublev some problems in the second round. And I like Fakina and how he's played this year. The last year, his record wasn't great, but he was pretty competitive against a decent amount of good players on hard court, and I do think that he's kind of found something this year. So I think Fakina can give Rublev a run for his money. I think Rublev probably wins in that head-to-head, but I do think Kakanov should be able to give Rublev a run for his money. And if you want to look at the head-to-head between Kakanov and Rublev just to actually confirm what it is, Rublev, so far in their careers, has been pretty underwhelming against Kakanov. In fact, he's actually uh, 1-2 against Kakanov. They played one time on hard court in Indian Wells. That's actually coming up in a week or two. Kakanov won that one in straight sets, 7-5-6-3. They had two separate matches on grass. Rublev won the last meeting in Hala, uh, 6-3-7-6, and they played in 2017 in Hala as well. Kakanov won in three. So two grass events toss him out. But Kakanov has won the only hard court meeting between them. And I do think that Kakanov could really give Rublev some problems, especially if the forehand is on. So give me Kakanov to win that section. And I do think that Kakanov could be poised to make a bit of a deep sleeper run here as a dark horse candidate. But if you want to make a case for Yammer at eight to one, he basically has a buy into the second round. And then maybe he can go from there. But I think Kakanov will probably beat Yemmer. So going through my quarter picks once again, I have Djokovic, nobody else, not going to waste anybody's time. I'm going to lean to Kokonakis and Bublik at 4-1 to one in 750. Then I will go with Felix at 2-1 to one in the third quarter, and I will go with Kakanov at 225. Fun little flyer, by the way, on O'Connell at 11-1 to one in the third quarter. So now I'm going to transition over to the actual outrights for this event because I just mentioned who I think has a good shot to make the semis. I'm picking Djokovic. Duh. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to avoid Djokovic. I have to take him because he's the best hardcore player of all time, and I'm not going to avoid it. So give me Djokovic at minus 140. That's kind of a given. I'm aware if you don't want to lay minus prices, but... I can't resist because Djokovic is too good. And congrats to him, by the way, for passing Steffi Graf for the most weeks ever, men or women, at number one in the world. So congrats to Djokovic, the greatest player of all time. And I'm going to go with him at minus 140. Do I want to take Felix? The the thing is, the, the outrights are tricky, which is why I kind of leaned more into the quarter market this tournament, because you have to be Djokovic. And I don't think any of these guys can be Djokovic. So... I don't really have anybody else that I'm really tempted by. I mean, if you want to go for some long shots, I don't mind Kokonakis at 40 to 1. I think that's appealing. Bublik at 66 to 1, I think, is quite appealing as well. But you're basically banking on Djokovic to get hurt and for somebody to step in and beat him. I don't think anybody will. So I'm going with Djokovic at minus 140. Bit of a long shot flyer there. 
I mean, if you want to make a case for Kakanov at 14 to 1, I don't hate it, but I don't think he's beating Djokovic either. We saw against Sitsipas, against against good players, he still folds. And I think Djokovic is going to wear him down. So I think I'm just going to go with Djokovic. I'll lean to Kokonakis and I'll lean to Bublik, mostly because of the 40 to 1 and 66 to 1 price tags on those two guys. But in reality, most of the units in this tournament, I'm just going to put on. Yeah, mostly tor- I'm just going to put it on Djokovic. I-, I can't even make a case for anybody else to really make a run here. I just don't see it. So give me Djokovic for most of the units and give me a little bit of a sprinkle on Kokonakis and Bublik. Uh, I don't really say we're to win the tournament, but I guess like 0.001 units, like what, like basically just a scratch off ticket on either of them. But I do think Bublik to uh, potentially win the quarter, him and uh, Kokonakis are my two favorite long shot outright, so to speak, whatever you want to call it. So besides that, though, it's going to wrap it up for this tournament. Sorry if you expected any serious long shots, but it's Djokovic. I'm not picking against him on hard court. You kind of have to be a lunatic to pick against him on hard court. So now I'm going to transition over to Clay. We have a tournament going on in Santiago. And looking at the actual odds here, shop around because these odds do conflict pretty heavily. So starting off with the favorite in this event, you have Musetti at 6-1, to one, Jari as the home country guy at 6-1, to one, Baez at 6-1, to one, Sarundalo at 900, then you have Schwartzman at 11-1. to one. We're doing this again with Schwartzman at 11 to 1. Sure, be my guess. He's got a buy. So we can't even fade him in round one. We got to wait till round two. But round two, he's facing off against either Jari or Varius. Good luck to you, Schwartzman. You're going to need it because you're probably going to get smacked in that match. But either way, uh, no chance in hell I'm picking Schwartzman. You should not do that either. Uh, besides that, you have Dejir at 14 to 1. Team at 14 to 1, Wahovich at 14 to 1, Ramos Vanolas at 16 to 1, Garin at 16 to 1, Hoffman at 18 to 1, and Echeverry at 20 to 1. I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, you could mention some other guys like Varis at 28 to 1. If Fognini can be healthy, 28 to 1, uh, basically it. You might get a long shot in here, but I'm not going to bother. Uh, I just think that the guys that I mentioned are the guys that have a shot to actually win this thing. Maybe you can make a case for Kechinato if he stays healthy, or maybe Bonadio because he ended up beating Galan yesterday, but meh, I'm not exactly sold on that. So to go through the actual draws and the quarter odds, we do not have. So for this one, we're going to go with the old-fashioned approach, going through the actual draws individually instead of breaking down the quarters, and we'll go from there. So starting off with the favorites here, you have Musetti. And Musetti had a bye, and he faces off against Munar in the round of 16 because Munar was able to beat Tabio in a great match uh, to Billo uh, in a tiebreaker in the third set. Musetti, I think, should win. He did not look great against Jari, but Jari looked really good last week, so I'm not sure if I can even hold it against Musetti. But Musetti does have a pretty decent draw. Montero and Ramos Vinolas will probably kill each other. Kecinato and Bagnus will probably kill each other. Then you'll have the winner of those two matches against each other. And assuming Musetti beats Munar, Musetti does have a pretty decent path into the semis. So 
I'm not sure if I'm going to take him at six to one because he's still a little bit too unpredictable at times. But I do have to point out that his path is not that bad. Now to look at everybody else, you have Schwartzman as the top seed in the second quarter. He's with Jari. He's with Varius. He's with Humphman, uh, Baina, or Taberner. I'm assuming it'll be Baina uh, beating Taberner there, and I'm assuming Jari is going to beat Varius. Home country behind him, and Varius has been good, but I do think Jari, with how he played for most of that event last week in Rio de Janeiro, he looked really good. There's really no way around it, so I am going to go with Jari to make a run there. I think Hoffman's intriguing. I know Pedro Martinez has been a bit mediocre or underwhelming, but 6-2-6-0 is a murder. Like, Hoffman destroyed him. I think that Hoffman might have some value at 18-1 to to potentially win this event. And just see if I could find a better price on Hoffman. I cannot. I found 18-1 to as the best price. I'm not saying he's going to win this event, but he did give Sarundolo a pretty tough match a couple of weeks ago. And he had last week off, so the rest is there for him. If you want to buy into the random player who looks really good in the first round that can maybe parlay it into a bit of a Cinderella run, I think Hoffman would be my choice. So maybe a little sprinkle there on Hoffman, especially with the draw, because I do think that he should end up beating... uh, Baina would be close, but I think Hoffman's the better server, so I probably would lean to Hoffman in that match. And it's, you're mostly just picking a long shot in Schwartzman's section because Schwartzman stinks. So give me Jari uh, to and Hoffman as my two shots there to get into the quarter. I feel to get into the uh, semi, I mean, I feel better about Jari. But Jari, of course, has the lower odds at around six to one. The question is, do I trust Jari enough? I found 650. Do I trust him enough at 650? I don't know because he is still volatile, but for the most part, he has a lot of firepower, especially on clay, and it is his best surface. So I think I will take Jari at 650. I think the draw is nice, and I think I will also lean to uh, Hoffman at 18-1 to 1 as my long shot, so to speak. But to go through the other quarters here, you have, uh, for draw purposes, you have... Uh, what is there? So going through the third quarter, it's really just bias, in my opinion. You have Dejir against Souza. I'm assuming Dejir wins, but the winner plays against uh, Bonadio. So maybe Bonadio can make a run there into the quarters. But you have team against Green. Very fun first round match there. Do I have faith in either of them to make a deep run? No, but I think that it should be a fun match between two wild cards, and I'm rooting for team, obviously. However, Bias is a, has a bye. Then he faces off against Green or team, and then he faces off against uh, Dejir or Bonadio. Or Su- I think Bias is going to cruise into this quarter, or cruise through this quarter, I mean, and I do think that Bias has to be an option when picking favorites. I mentioned Shop Around because one book has him at 6-1. to one, The other book has him at 5-1 to one as the solo favorite. I am going to go with Baez. I think that Baez really has a good path here, and I do think he also has the benefit of being on the opposite side of the bracket as Jari and Musetti. And those two guys should end up having a bit of a war there if they make it through into the semis. But you're really looking at, at the path here for Baez and you have Musetti and Jari who that are on a collision a collision course, and Baez at the bottom, you really don't have much. You have uh Sarundolo, uh Francisco Sarundolo, 
who we know has been quite streaky and we know he implodes quite often, actually, especially this year. Lahovich maybe could make a run there. So that's an option. I think Baez really has a great path. And I think that as a result, he's going to be my pick uh, to win this tournament. I'm trying to think of any long shots that I want to consider besides Hoffman. And even Hoffman's a bit of a stretch because he's still in the same section as Jari and Varias. But it's mostly just based on what I saw in the first round. Possibly Martinez just didn't show up. But Hoffman has looked pretty good on clay. And I think he could be worth a flyer. But I do think Baez is my main choice here at six to one. And Jari will also be my choice at six to one. So I have two of the main favorites here. Musetti, I think I'm going to pass on. I, the more I thought about it, the less I liked it because he has to go through, uh, he has to go through Jari and then potentially Baez. And Munar maybe can give him a run for his money, maybe, but he also has to face off against one of the four very solid clay court players in Bagnus, Cecchinato, Montero, and Ramos Finolas. So I'm not a fan of the quarter for Musetti. I think I'm going to pass and I'm going to let all those guys kill each other. Give me Jari at six to one. Uh, or 650. Give me Jari at 650. Give me Baez at 6-1. to one, And give me a long shot flyer there on Humphman. And if I really, really wanted to make a serious long shot spin with anybody in the bottom of the bracket, I think I would probably... I mean, Lahovich is tempting, I guess. But uh, I, I, I feel like it would have to be Lahovich if I had to pick anybody. In the bottom section, Fagnini looked really good against uh, his opposition in Rio de Janeiro. He got injured again, and that's been his issue recently, so I can't pick Fagnini. Echeverri had a decent run there as well in Argentina last time out before he lost to Nori in three sets. But I'm not picking Francisco Sarandolo. I'm not picking Juan Manuel uh, Sarandolo. I don't think he's a good player, and he won three sets against Kachin. So give me... Lahovich as my other option. So my four outrights, quote-unquote, once again, a less on Hoffman, but it's a flyer. Give me Baez. Give me Jari. Give me Lahovich at 14-1, to 1, uh, just seeing if I can find a better price. Nope. Uh, Lahovich at 14-1, to 1, and give me Hoffman at 18-1. to 1. And my outrights, once again, for the tournament in... Uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. In Dubai... Uh, Djokovic uh, at the outright of minus 140. And once again, scratch off money on Kokonakis and on Bublik. But I will take uh, Bublik and Kokonakis to win the quarter. And those are pretty good prices. So that's going to wrap it up for the actual outright section. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. But before we get into any of those, do you want to have a quick word from our sponsor? We're brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the SportsCam Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. March Madness is almost here, plus there are plenty of ways to get down on the NBA, the NHL, and the XFL. People might have forgotten there's football going on right now. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get an extra $100 of limited state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only special, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get an extra $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportscampodcast.com slash winbet. So then we send you the sportscampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. 
Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store, which continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportscampodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodie. My personal favorite item is still the coffee mug, which has the over under two and a half cups of coffee on it. I think it's cute. It tells people that you gamble. And most importantly, it tells people that you know how to drink your coffee. So that's my favorite item there. Check out the merch store for brand new items or deals that are happening all the time. Plus, we are also brought to you by Talkify. Now, Talkify is a very, very interesting service. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialist hand selects uh, successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. And here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner, and then try to once again find somebody who perfectly matches what you're looking for. Plus, on top of that, right now, Talkify is giving a special deal. They're offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGP for 20% off when you become a client, talkify.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts. Plus, they also have you covered in a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA Golf. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the two tournaments in Chile and in Dubai. Uh, mentioned before, we're going to do the Acapulco breakdown later on today, but time to get into the actual picks for this episode. Time for the lock and dog segment. So starting off with the lock, we're going to go to a match in Santiago, Chile. We'll get a matchup between Lahovic and Ugo. And for this matchup, we are going to go with Lahovic minus three and a half games here at minus 120. Coverings why, first of all, Lahovic has been in much better form lately, and we saw it. It was not his fault than the last couple of events that he was in. He had to go up against Alcaraz, and he ended up giving Alcaraz a run for his money. In Rio de Janeiro, lost 6-4, 7-6, was actually serving for the set there at 6-5, and then eventually choked it. But he has been really good. In fact, to go through the actual clay court, tournaments that he's been in recently starting off with Cordoba if you want to go all the way down he has been really really good especially in straight sets because he constantly is winning in straight sets so I'm going to ignore Alcaraz for this because Alcaraz we know is one of the best players in the world so to go through his results beat DeGere in straight sets beat Schwartzman in straight sets beat Ugo in straight sets the guy is playing right now 6-3-6-1 beat Baez in three no shame in that. Baez, we know, is a great clay player. Baez was off of a championship, uh, so he might have been fatigued, but still won three sets, and he won. Uh, and then beat two qualifiers, including Olivo, who's been around for a while as a clay specialist. And then he lost to Ramos Vinolas in three in Cordoba. 
That's it. So, uh, sorry, beat of Varius in straight sets as well. So if you want to go through the matches here, with the exception of the Alcaraz matches, that means that he is officially 7-1 and one in clay, uh, uh, ignoring the Alcaraz matches this year. So based on how Lohovic has played, I think that he's definitely a great option to be a serious contender to win this event. And I do think that based on the three and a half number, it's way too low since he just beat the same guy in Ugo's home country in Argentina, 6-3-6-1. And that was on February 15th. So roughly two weeks ago, Lahovich buried him. And now they're playing in Chile. I think Lahovich wins comfortably. And even if it goes three, there is a chance Lahovich wins a set 6-2 or 6-1 like we saw in that second set in that last head-to-head matchup. Give Lohovic to win by four more games at minus 120. And moving on to the dog, I am going to stick with Santiago, and I'm going to go to a matchup between Ramos, Vinolas, and Montero. And for this matchup, I am going to go with the over two and a half sets at plus 130. Simply put, I think these guys are going to kill each other. And I think if you look at the actual... Matchups between these players, they have been pretty close. Three of the six career matches have gone to a deciding set, and two of the last four have gone to a deciding set. Now, they did play in 2020, which was a while ago, ended up going 6-4-6-4, Ramos Vinolas. Ramos Vinolas had one four straight, but Montero beat him in 2022. So I do think that there's a de- there's a good chance you end up seeing both players battle. They'll have their moments where one player wins a set, other player raises their level and wins the second, and then you have an absolute war going on in the third set. But I do think that it's pretty telling they faced off against each other six times on clay in their careers. It's 4-2 Ramos Vinolas, but Montero is the most recent winner. I think you could end up seeing a marathon here. And looking at Ramos Vinolas' results on clay within the last month or two, He's had a lot of deciding sets, and to go through the actual matches that he's been in, just pulling up the uh, numbers here, uh, he has actually gone the majority of the time to a deciding set. Now, to look at Ramos Vinolas' last couple of matches, Rio de Janeiro went to three against Zapata Marias, beat Galan in straight sets, went to three against Echeverri, lost to Baina, uh, 7-5-6-4, uh, ended up losing to Coria, 6-4-7-6. He was up a break, though, in that second set and punted it while he was serving for the set. Went to three sets against Souza, went to three sets against Lahovic. So he's gone to three sets in four of his six clay matches over the, sorry, four of his last seven clay matches. And he was serving for the set there against Coria and he choked it. So the point is, I do think that you're going to see Ramos Vinolas do Ramos Vinolas things, which is get off to a decent start. Then his play might level out a little bit. And then he might end up waking up in the third set. But I see both players being streaky and feeling each other out, and you're going to have a lot of moments in this match where it looks like one guy's going to win, then the other guy comes back, and I think that bodes well for this over here. So give me the over two and a half sets here in the Montero and Ramos Vinolas match at plus 130. So once again, the lock and dog for the show is going to be Lahovich minus three and a half games at minus 120, and the dog will be Ramos Vinolas and Montero over Two and a half sets at plus 130. That's been this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. You can find me again on this show later today doing the Acapulco breakdown. You can also find me on the NBA show later today for Tuesday. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.